How is it going, everybody? It is not Thursday night, but it is still your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast coming to you this week as we head into the holiday season. We are glad you are here with us. We got some full gear action to talk about, people debuting, big shows happening with Survivor Series this weekend, and a tournament that we still don't know a whole heck of a lot of about. So folks, strap in. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast starts right now. going everybody it's your big old belt wrestling podcast season three episode 42 as we are on the road to thanksgiving we may be in your ears right now as you're on the road to grandma's house or something to that effect or maybe on the way back one of the two but we wanted to make sure we had a show out before the thanksgiving holiday since we normally record thursday nights 8 p.m but we are here tonight to speak everything wrestling before the holiday goes down. So we are glad you are here with us. We have had a busy week with AEW full gear going down out in California this past weekend. And then we are headed to Survivor Series this coming weekend. So jam-packed with tons of stuff going on in wrestling. Good to see most of the guys here with me tonight. We got a four box for the first time in a while. We got Najir up on the top of the screen to my left. Giant Crab Jamal down on the bottom half. And then Damian G from the Lone Star State of Texas. How is it going, gentlemen, this evening? Swimming What's good. What's good? Happy holidays. We're not, we're not, it's not Thursday, but there's some food to be ate. This we're going to get our grub on for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Heaping helpings of a wrestling action, supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. <laughs> and maybe, maybe some gore involved with that too, because we'll get back, we'll get into that in the first uh, our first topic. I know right what. <laughs> <laughs> so AEW full gear went down this past weekend in California on Saturday night, and interesting show in the respect that the the big takeaways I seem to see from it are like there's stuff people really liked. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff people really didn't like. And in some cases, it's the exact same stuff. So kind of a divisive show, it seems. I mean, the, the AEW shows tend to like get a lot of praise. And there's definitely stuff people love about this show. But then depending on who you're talking to, the same people might be like, ah, you know what? I, I didn't think that was any good. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's an interesting show. It's an interesting show. But I guess the big standouts to me, looking at this lineup of what went down Saturday night, it seems like the most talk is centered around the Texas death match with Swerve and Hangman, which definitely going into the show seemed like it had the most interest. It was the best built match. It had people really invested. So that is definitely had the most talk going in. And I think it has the most talk coming out on the flip side of that. We also have the entire 
MJF title match with Jay White, which featured a show-long angle that a lot of people just do not seem to be happy about with how it was handled. Very sports entertainment-esque uh, main event that they did with a show-long storyline for that. But that's the two parts that jumped out to me of the show. Um, who wants to get in here first with some thoughts on this this uh, I, show we got here? Yeah, I, a couple of things for me. I mean, I think uh, that's... And I, I could be dangerously wrong here, but I'm, I'm starting to like really disconnect with the consensus of viewership. Uh, mm. with the ratings and the vast amount of popularity in terms of what's cool, what's not cool, what's good, what's not good. Um, I think a lot of people are starting to look into these shows in that capacity instead of what's being presented in front of them. And the first thing I want to talk about is the women. I, okay. I, I love the fact that they struck when it was hot and put the strap on Tony Storm. It was the only decision that needed to be made and they did it. I'm not buying into the whole thing because of her gimmick, which is good, but she's in Hollywood, so it made sense she was in Hollywood and whatnot. No, it didn't matter where it was at. It was time for her to get the belt put on her, rightfully so, not with all the other, you know, the inter the the, uh, the um, interim title tag to her and yeah. all those other different things that she had to go through. This was the rightful build um, and decision made, so... For starters, in a positive note, I, I like that they executed, which was a well-put-together match, first of all, uh, but they made the right decision in putting a strap on Tony Storm. So um, definitely a, pl a plus in, in, in my book on, on that note. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow that up with the women's division saying, you know, when was the last time you saw a match end on a steel-plated butt and not elbow via Lex Luger, <laughs> you know, circa, you know, SummerSlam 92? Uh, but also putting the belt on Julia Hart, uh, that has been a slow, steady rise. And as much as the House of Black has gotten over with certain people, she's starting to become the standout person of that group. And it's been a slow climb for her. And you know what? Statlander, in my opinion, has gotten stale. And for whatever reason, they didn't want to put the belt on Sky Blue. So they took the chance and put it on Julia Hart. And that's what this mid-tier women's title is supposed to be, building people up for the next woman up. So I will definitely say Tony did well with the women's division uh, during this pay-per-view. The rest, can't really sign off on. <laughs> so uh, I want to echo those sentiments and say that, yeah, uh, putting this title on Tony Storm was the right move, especially if you have Mariah May in, in, you know, waiting in the wings. Correct. Uh, that's obviously the next feud, or it should be. Obviously, that's the next feud. Um, Julia Hart uh, was a surprise, but honestly, if not Statlander, then who? So I'm glad <laughs> they took the, um, the the chance on on Julia to see what she does with it. She's definitely coming to her own, um, even within the House of Black. I, I think that she's really coming to her own as a, as, uh, a performer uh, with gimmick uh, and everything like that. It's unfortunate because it feels, it still feels like that she's, like a member of the House of Black, but they're separated by like an invisible glass because women can only do women things and the men can only do men things and she's out there and then sometimes she's not out there and like make it make sense because yeah, yeah. you know if you got the squad ready, it doesn't matter what they are. Squad up, let's go. But yeah. that's not how it works in wrestling in America at least. So yeah. right. For judgment so, day, um, for judgment day, but yeah, absolutely right. I say the same thing about me and Yim. It's like when 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 the um when uh, the OC was kind of operating all cylinders, like there's them, 
where's right. her? Oh, there she is, back on the ramp back there, just, right. just waiting for the woman to come out to do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so but 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 either way, good on Julia Hart for for winning it, and it'll be interesting to see uh, really what she does with it. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Statlander because of you know, her evolution, her gimmick change, and now she's not an alien anymore. She just a taxpayer from New York, okay? <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, do they move her into the um, uh, uh, into the next level up to the women's title division? Is it Statlander versus you know uh, Tony Storm with Mariah Ray, uh, May uh, waiting in the wings? We don't know, and it could be interesting to find out. And then, of course, um, and then of course, Sheeta really does need any introduction. Anytime they're ready to reinsert her. Uh, she's good to go. Great I don't think she's won a TV. Yeah, she definitely never won a TBS championship. So that could actually be something that that would be good for her to do, or just do Ring of Honor because that's a thing that still exists. I mean, that's there's, there's a number of avenues, and the women's division uh, seems to have like a foothold and a place to go and, and, and like meaningful direction to go in, which is something that we haven't said in a very long time about AEW. What? Well, let me let me let me ask you something real quick because yeah, you're you're laying out a blueprint as per usual. You two do you and Will since y'all been running wild with the show the last month or so. Um, <laughs> you lay out an idea, and it's rare that it comes to fruition. It's not because it's not smart. It's not because it not. It's not because it 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 shouldn't happen. It's just not in the realm of uh, AEW's cars of recently. And you say something so simple, and I still have major questions. What does it look like for Chris Statlander to lose the TBS championship and then move to the to the next level? What does that transact transition look like? Because it hasn't been done. It, with Jade, right. they got stuck in a position where they was like, okay. Mm. Uh, no, 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 not, not really. Because to be fair, they were waiting for Statlander to come back. Unfortunately, that was their only plan. That was their first, second, and third plan. And they, un- which torpedoed uh, Jade on the way down to give Statlander the belt at the bottom. And that was the, the problem. Time it felt like, right, and I agree. And I would even say, even at the same time, it really seems like they didn't know what to do with Jade at all either. So now it's like, well, Statlander, do you all have a plan with her now? Or what does that transition from the TBS championship, which has been the prominent women's championship of this brand for the last whatever, to now go into the main title, that looks like that's starting to catch some some heat, uh, not heat, but some momentum behind it. So, what does that transition look like? That's my that was my question to you. All she needs to do is interrupt the Tony Storm promo, and then that sets up your title feud. Yeah, or I mean, Tony Storm is your yeah. champion. An, e- yeah. an easy insertion like that. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. they've never really established what really any division she, there is yeah. between the TBS and then the AEW titles. Before we just had, you know, Jade dominating it forever. But now that that whole storyline is over with, they kind of, I think we, we need to have some kind of establishing of like, yeah, what's the TBS level and what's the AEW world title level? And if there is any difference, what is it? You know, like punch out, you have to have a certain amount of wins to get to the next, the next tier. Like punch out. Well, yeah, I mean, well, well, they couldn't keep up with the records making sense, so there's no way in the hell they're going to be able to count the four. That's all long gone. Those one loss records are long gone. Right, but even on the men's side, there's really no division between their champions. Uh, You know, anybody can win any belt for any reason at any time. Just because they feel like it. Mm. Just be yeah, just because the day that ends and why, which could be a good thing because it would be a unique thing like this is the heavyweight championship well why is that the most important one heavyweight's just a division right. uh it's not necessarily 
the Universal Championship, which which is a step up. But you have the TBS Championship and the TNT Championship, which is definitely a step below. So there is an upswing to going to the next level and being in the heavyweight championship, you know, uh, consideration. However, there's really no division in their uh, championship champions anyway. Orange Cassidy could absolutely be AEW heavyweight champion, mm-hmm. but he's not a heavyweight. But I mean, so like that, so that's kind of like the logic that we're, you know, that we're, you know, that we're dealing with here. So that, that's fine. One thing about the show that I will say that I also like, because obviously the big thing is going to be Swerve versus uh, Adam Page. Um, that's uh, arguably match of the night. I can't imagine what other match, um, you know, was 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 better in that moment. Um, one other thing I will say about the show, though, is so they have the pre-show, and the question that we that I asked last week is. Should they have just done collision Sunday night heat style before the pay-per-view? Right. And they kind of did that. They just did it on the pre-show. So the pre-show, which isn't on TV, collision would have been. Uh, you know, if you have you know YouTube or whatever, you know, cool. If you don't, then you d- missed it. So that's another reason why collision should have been on before the thing. Either way, they did the angle with Friedman. And the um, injury and blah, blah, blah. And he obviously set up the Willis Reed spot for him to limp into the finals. Okay, cool. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that they were the only other option, because we've seen interim champions before, but the only other option is to put the literal dude on crutches <laughs> in the main event match, tweet that graphic and go, this is happening. Yeah, give him an actual entrance to limp down to the ring, whereas Friedman, for whatever reason, steals the ambulance that he was transported in after getting taped up, comes back, hobbles down to the ring, and then wrestles for thirty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and wins. Why? And then wins. Okay, fine, he won that, which doesn't make sense either. But why would he be allowed to do any of this that happened? Number one. Why wouldn't you just postpone the match, number two? Because there was an obvious thing that happened. He was attacked by the guns. Right. Circumstance. It, it, you know, right. Like, oops, card subject to change. Sorry, we'll have it on Wednesday. Or anything else other than he's going to steal an ambulance and, and walk from the ambulance in the back by the loading dock on a bad leg all the way down to the ring, pleading with officials. And, and you know, Sanjay was out there. It was a whole thing. Nobody gave a shit that Adam Cole was out there. Like, yeah, no, go, go do your thing, boss. You know, it's uh, it looked good. Tony was watching his WCW tapes. He was watching old Clash of Champions because they did that exact story with Sting did and Rick they? Rude back in okay. the day on a Clash of Champions. Except the difference was there was no, well, in the meantime, we're going to substitute this person to defend Sting's U.S. title and then being on crutches nonetheless. And then when they Sting did return in the ambulance, the match was five minutes and he got killed. It was very quick and like he's hurt. So it did That's not right. go to a half hour. It was like five minutes. Of Sting, Sting fires up for a little bit. And then Rick Rude took him out, won the belt. And that was that. So, then, yeah. so since uh, since Adam Cole was able to substitute for Friedman, no, no problem. Why right. wouldn't Joe do it? That's Joe what, wants the yeah. belt. That's what everybody. That would have made a lot more sense. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Joe wants the belt. It just, and realistically, it, and then that's the question. If he wins the match, now the question is, yeah, I just beat Jay White for the AEW championship. Yeah. It doesn't matter that you weren't there. I did. I that. won. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So somebody better crown me with something. Or I'm going to in all kinds of hell. That yeah. makes more sense than Adam Cole being the worst henchman best friend <laughs> in, in recent memory. I mean, the, the, you know, look, I can go on and on about the match itself and why the fact that Jay White lost to two guys with one leg. Um, oh my God! Talk about like they they nerfed this guy. He got signed. They and took both his nerf. <laughs> they made the switchblade a butter knife. And nobody wants to talk about that. But and it's it, sad it, too because like Jay White's whole last year before even signing the AW was really proven that he can carry the Bullet Club. Oh, and he was mm-hmm. an elite wrestler, a uh, no pun intended. Um, and 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 that he should be talked about. I, I think when he when he first you know became the staple of the Bullet Club and became the staple of New Japan, there was a lot of speculation of could he draw like all of the pre- previous leaders and that was his whole crusade you know from from that point on and 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 just to do all of that make the name for yourself rightfully earn the the, the, the check that you got and then immediately get nerfed because if you have any bit of logic watching all of this as oh you yeah, going to the back of the line yeah it's just like what <laughs> And when did we decide that we're going to uh, freebird the world title? When did the, the world title become a freebird title? It's the power it was, of friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, really just, bears. I really just watched AEW my, with, my, uh, with my brain off. I just, it's not to say that it's not enjoyable and there's not amazing wrestling that's happening, but when you start getting in the weaves like this, man, your eyes start bleeding. <laughs> like, well, and here's the, well, here's the thing for me. This is the kind of story that I'm like, you do this on an episode of Dynamite, I got no problem with it. You sure. do it on regular TV, it's no big deal. But when you do it on a $50 pay-per-view, pay-per-view. and hell, like 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 Jamal said, the, the angle started before the show even came on. So it's like, you had three hours there of people being like, what the hell's going on with this main event? In the back of their head, you know, it was like this huge question mark hanging and over the show of- that you that you saw the pre-show. Because yeah. when I was watching the pre-show on YouTube, those numbers were not above you know two, three million. Yeah. yeah. So we, yeah, I think we gotta have a talk about VPNs because I, I got questions. I meant to bring this up to you all, but I, I think people ain't letting free go. Uh, for, for uh, people ain't gonna pass up with an opportunity for free, but I do agree the YouTube numbers look strangely low, and I'm like. I wonder if there's another source of uh, viewer. But, but even, even if they were strangely low, if we're talking about a buy rate of several hundred thousand in the U.S., then where are these where are these people watching the pre-show on YouTube? And obviously that doesn't count people watching in the movie theater. That doesn't count people watching on Fight TV, which is also carries the pre-show as well. But the numbers don't add up. So that's which is another reason if you're going to do a Saturday show to put Collision on um, yeah, at least in America, because I don't think Collision airs in Canada. Um, yeah, on TV. And, and, and Jamal, like, this is what the UFC is. It's been a while since I watched the entire night of the UFC, but this is what they used to do, where they would do, uh, they'll do one, they'll, they'll, they'll have the pay per view, obviously, on pay per view. Yeah, they'll have, they'll have. Uh, a free on the app, I think it was, and then one on ESPN. But there was three different tiers of watching the shows, yeah. like the six to six to seven. You want to cover your bases, seven to eight, and then the nine to pay per view. So like, yeah. it, it's yeah. com- the model is there, you know. Yeah. No, but like, you want to cover your bases. You want to reach fans wherever they are, 
You can't just assume that people have anything. And and I don't care what you are, market. You know, you have to put the word out that the thing is happening. Yeah, logistically, it makes sense too. So you can't be that desperate for money to say we need to t- sell tickets the day before. Why not capitalize off it? I think logistically and viewership wise, I think you just you you, you do a mid double on that. And, day. and this is the thing: considering the angle, considering the angle, and what we know about the angle, I think it would hold more weight if the last thing you saw on Collision or on paper on you know cable TV mm-hmm. was the spot with. Friedman and Adam Cole as Friedman is loading to the um make you want to buy it. It makes Can't you it, it, right. What's gonna happen next? Exactly. I mean, it's literally th- two minutes before that's the final shot. Yeah. Uh, seeing that on YouTube or seeing that on TNT gives the the thing a little bit of more sizzle to it because now I need to know. Yeah. Let's call it what it was. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. And. I'm not going to shame our our source of viewership to YouTube and Twitch, but people don't take YouTube legitimate for for uh, programming when it comes down to uh, sports. Like mm. it's just not a big thing. I mean, yes, the Sunday tickets on YouTube, but everybody turned the blind out of that and said, like YouTube TV, yeah. though, right? Oh, that yeah. I mean, right? <laughs> no, I'm saying, but, but, that, but it's, with like YouTube TV is a cable company. For better, for, for whatever. What about, YouTube, what about YouTube Red? What about YouTube Red? What, what happened what to that? that? Oh, yeah, because it was a thing that was there and in the blink of an eye, completely gone. I just so think see, that, you know, people have been throwing stuff at the wall since COVID, and, you know, to see you know, what's going, what it's going to be. This and, is true. Seeing, and we know that Warner Brothers is, you know, several million dollars in a hole because yeah. of it. But the point is, is that if you're trying to create engagement, you're trying to create, and we've been talking about this over like the last three to four months, about the growth of AEW and how we're not seeing the growth. And you have these things. This is the last, this is the pay-per-view, the last second before the pay-per-view. Damn the home or the go-home show. This is the go-home minute. And the <laughs> last thing you can see is not on TV, it's on YouTube. You, you I mean, it could be on both. I don't care if collision airs live on YouTube and um, what's the name? I don't, I don't, you know, it makes no difference Twitch. to me. On, on Twitch or Kick or OnlyFans, I don't care when you put it. But the point is, is that I, I just I, I just think the optics of it, people just don't respect in the way they do. Because when Impact ran on these platforms, people didn't tune into it still. They still didn't because the, the whole argument was get a TV deal and then we'll start watching it. So to me, I think your your first measure of uh, of, of trying to draw viewership is use your legitimate television uh, um, package or, or, or deal. Right. Running through that way, throw an hour on YouTube, throw two hours on on what's the face, and then go into the pay per view. Well, it, 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 it literally feels more legitimate that way to me. But, oops. So that that's that's kind of the thing. So I mean, just overall for the pay per view itself, and you know, I think you know the the, the swerve Adam Page matches is, is you know great match. Um, you know, fine. Uh, the women's matches, I'm, I'm glad that it happened. Uh, the way that it did, everything else I could kind of leave. That's where that's where I was at. Totally. That's also the thing too when you have a pay per view that that's long. Um, I don't think it it ends at like eleven thirty something. Yeah, yes, yeah. usually ends. Which is where it usually ends. Eleven thirty to midnight, right, right around in there. Exactly. So if we're doing that, you know, a couple of the matches that need to be on the pay per view, they could have been on the show before. Yeah. Um, and instead of that, they put in some filler matches instead of matches that are actually engaging to the show itself um it, it, it i don't know it's, it's kind of a weird thing that they do where it's just like you know more isn't always more 
can we can we can we talk about two really important things? Obviously, one's the signing, but can we talk about about the matches I didn't care about? Like the Golden Jets won, <laughs> and the Golden it. Jets versus Big Bill and Ricky Starks is your next AEW Tag Team Championship match that we know exactly. There's a reason why nobody's talking about that. Because <laughs> nobody cares. But, but but beyond that, that's being set up that just literally makes me sick in my mouth is another nerf. Ricky Starks, who you one moment was like, oh, they're there, they are ready to go. And then they 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 sent my man, I don't know, purgatory if you ask me. I like granted, yes, he he got he got he got a championship, but like were we not just talking about maybe a month or two ago, just how he's the next one up? When you talk about the well, pillars until he eviscerated Freeman on a promo, he bit the hand. He can't bite the hand. <laughs> Cody gonna make a call to him very soon. His other, I hope so. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Dude, dude is gonna thrive. Crazy. He's more than ready. He just needs the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. The platform is all that's missing. The platform and the TV time. That's all that's missing at this point. I mean, that that really is it. So, like, so now, okay. So now, this is the the big question, probably the final question on this. Uh, We talked about Cody. um, Mentioned that Cody may be calling Mister Starks as he should. Uh, Friedman, his um, his contract is up in January. That's what the rumor is. Does he stay or does he go? Uh, they said there's rumors saying that he's already resigned, and also I'm not interested. In I even think so. I th- I'm with you on that. With that rumor, that that it's a, I don't think they're doing this much with him if he's not already locked in. That's my thought. Yeah. Tell me, hell, he's the champ. He's the damn. The whole, everything's built around him right now, all this Adam Cole stuff and everything. So, but, here, but here's the thing, though, and this is the only reason why I push back on that is because now that you've given him everything, what more can you give him that WWE can't? That is true. They they blown the load. So yeah. the only thing that WWE can give him, which money can't buy, is international exposure or WWE lack of interest in him. So but that's a different. Does. That's a, that's a reason why they WWE wouldn't be interested. But I'm saying that if you are Friedman and you're willing to test free agency, this may be why you would want to do it because of the fact that AEW has given me literally everything that they can muster. And it doesn't co- compare to what WWE could give me. Well, this and is- also, if if you're Friedman, a shiny new toy has just been signed there. And we know how Tony is with his shiny yeah. new toys. Mm-hmm. They have his attention for a month or so. Well, I'm saying they have his attention for a month or so. He's going to go on the show for Ty Valkyrie. It all depends. The shiny new toys get that attention at first, though. It's yeah. just a matter of if he gets bored of them real quick. But yeah, given who Honestly. it is, I don't think he's gonna be getting bored of him. I think I think the only thing that takes Osprey out of the equation if there's an injury, because well, this is the kind of guy Tony's like gonna salivate over, in my opinion. I've I've like a lot of opinions about this. One, Disney and Pixar need to watch AW and just rip the script from this because this is truly the next uh the, the the next uh version or the next uh iteration of toy story because that's what it is you get your new toy you play for a little while you throw it away yeah yeah i won't play with you anymore rats comes and destroys you the same old rigmarole every single time I, the osprey deal is so interesting to me and i commend him for getting the deal because i think this is the only way that you re- like you you sign aw knowing that you i to me i felt is the one who truly did have the attention across the world I think MJF is doing what everybody should do to who's trying to get a new job is you got to know your current employer that other people are interested in you to raise your own stock. It's just kind of how it is. You got to throw out the fillers like, oh, they're looking at me, but I don't really think that WWE is interested in him. 
not that I have any sources and not that I can back anything with it. But after a while, I think you kind of look and say, does he truly fit their brand? Is, is, it, is it a risk? Because at the end of the day, when you think about somebody that's in WWE, you say, who's your next John Cena? Who's going to carry this brand for 20 plus years? That's going to do all the good things in the ring, out of the ring, which Max has started to show that he's not just this hill in the ring. But again, can you risk? By the way, he's been sort of running this this championship uh, reign right now. Can you risk that being the, the face of your company? How does that? How does he blend in with the other folks uh, in in the locker room? Can you sit him down for a little while to build him up, or is he going to instantly expect to be in the top picture without there being friction, without ruffling all the other feathers of everybody that's going to be there? Those are like the questions you worry about. Because you look at Jade. We knew Jade wasn't WWE ready, but she's definitely superstar ready. And she's been humble about it. Yep. But can you do that to somebody like an MJF? Can you can you say NXT for a little bit while we get you ready or keep you on the bench a little bit while you're ready? So I think he's just I think he's blowing smoke to, to obviously uh raise his stock. And I think he's signed. So I think that deal is done. But I think Osprey legitimately had attention from everybody. And as I said in our chat. I think Osprey got the AEW Impact deal where you yeah, get. Yeah, can you explain that to those who may not know what that is? Truly. When it's time for you to work your shows, you're here. Other than that, go get your bread any and every place that you want to. So, with that being said, if you looked at the terms of, of his deal, he can still work New Japan. So, that doesn't make him exclusive to AEW. So, cool. He does everything he does there. He can still work Indies as well, too. So, he's also not unique to AEW or new he's japan still speaking. living in london he ain't yep, moving yep. over here they letting him stay overseas so to me do we aesthetically see anything different than what we have already seen for a guy who's already been making appearances no no so i commend him for having his best life with more money now good for yeah, him let me ask you this do you think that he um that this deal was worthy of the um buildup that Khan gave it because everybody was thinking it was everybody else but him because we've seen uh osprey before we've seen him you know we know who he is so now that he's official is kind of i guess it's a bit of a letdown unless you're a major fan of him then i i don't i don't know what changes basically and i think that's it jamal you just hit it it's unless you're a major fan of the guy that's who you're going to salivate over but i guess a lot of let's say the casual fan or people who aren't really fans of osprey are kind of Okay. And we're yeah. used to we're used to Tony doing this by now. He always hypes up these reveals and then we're kind of left with okay. Okay, that's it. Like that but that's how I felt. Like even if you I was in the crowd but I saw the reaction seemed like a typical hey, look at the new toy like we just well, said. Like we said last week, he'd been on the Wembley show already. So Correct. it's like we've seen like he had never been we've in never a seen yeah. an AEW mm-hmm. before, you know. Last thing I'll say is that he's a phenomenal wrestler. And when you look at the tapes, you say there's Ricochet, there's Osprey. Correct. Diamond Dozen there. So stalemate. But then you hear folks start saying stuff like, well, it's a big signing. Well, sure, Tony Khan, you negotiated a deal that provi- that, that kept him away from signing WWE and New Japan. So good for you. You did what you were supposed to do on that note as, as the booker and the owner and whatnot. So definitely a big deal to him, which I'm sure uh, was probably one of the toughest deals for him since he actually had somebody who, was, who had legitimate interest from other uh, companies and whatnot. 
But at the end of the day, when you talk about big signings in my eyes, it's always supersedes wrestling. Is this person the face of your company? Is he the face of your brand? And then since we're always throwing out Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers Discovery <laughs> out there in every other sentence, do they look at him and say, oh, God, yes, we can't wait to throw him on Rick and Morty, Barbie. I don't know. What, what else is out there? <laughs> Anything. <laughs> is he is he our guy? Well, that's for you to determine. Well, and that's <laughs> the thing, too, because I know you'll, you'll probably get into it later if you haven't already, but that's why I thought the Ronda signing was going to be the bigger deal. And then you debut her on Ring of Honor. And if you're, if you're Max and all that other stuff, HBO Max, wouldn't Ronda Rousey be the bigger get than Will Ospreay on a on a macro and micro level? So no, seven <laughs> totally days a week. Played this seven days a week a bigger deal. Seven days a week. I don't know. That's just my two cents. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, I think that's enough AEW for this week. Because Lorna's last week's show was all AEW. So we are going to hit our halftime break. When we come back, we will have the indie spotlight. And then we will shift gears because Survivor Series War Games is this weekend. So we got to talk about what's going down with War Games and folks going on in WWE because people are returning there too. And who knows who else might be showing up in Chicago this weekend. So stay with us, folks. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We'll be back right after this. Are you a fan of all things media? Are you a fan of professional wrestling and sports? Then you need to check out Big Gold Belt Media. We're the ultimate destination for all things entertainment and media. With the latest news, interviews, and analysis from the world of the aforementioned entertainment realm. Our team of dedicated journalists and analysts will bring you exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. And we're not just an online destination. We attend live events, conventions, bringing you behind-the-scenes access and exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. Plus, you can show your support for our brand by subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash biggoldbelt. Join the Big Gold Belt media community today and stay ahead of the game. Follow up on all our social media platforms at Big Gold Belt for the latest updates and exclusive content. Whether you're a diehard wrestling, sports, nerd culture fan, or just a casual like some people, Big Gold Belt Media has everything you're going to need to stay informed and entertained. So what are you waiting for? Check us out today at BigGoldBelt.com. That's BigGoldBelt.com. Welcome back, folks. And after the break, we always like to check out what's going on with the indies. So here is Giant Crab with this week's Big Gold Belt Podcast, Indie Wrestling Spotlight. Yep. So this week, uh, we're, let's talk about Norfolk uh, down there in southeastern Virginia. It's the VCW, who we you know were at the show recently, their first show up in, our, in, in Alexandria. But uh, they're doing their next show December 2nd. It's a Saturday at the Norfolk Masonic Temple. That's uh, 7001 Granby Street in Norfolk. That's a bit north of downtown. It's a VCW Titans of Destruction. You can get your tickets at vcwprowrestling.com slash tickets uh, and, or... Uh, you can check them out on Twitter, you know, VCW Pro Wrestling as well. Uh, you know, tickets start at 30 bucks for the front row. Uh, every ringside is $25 and GA is uh, 20 uh, You know, get your tickets, vcwprowrestling.com slash tickets. Uh, one thing to note about VCW right now, they have a new champion. So it, you know, it's an interesting time to see where that goes. There was some, there was a title change at the last show in Alexandria. So 
Definitely looking forward to seeing what happens there. So you can get your tickets online. Doors open at 630. Uh, show starts at 730 uh, down in Norfolk for Titans of Destruction. December the 2nd, that is on a Saturday, Norfolk Masonic Temple in Norfolk, Virginia. And that's the Indie Spotlight for this week. Awesome, awesome. VCW put on a good show up here. So curious to see how they close out their year and where they're headed for 2024. Because they got some good shows going on there. Yeah, so. Joe Keys is a champion in 2023. Hot damn. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? There we go. Who would have thought? All right, folks. This weekend, we go to War Survivor Series weekend. The second time they are having war games with the main stars of WWE, which means one thing that I really like, this is a very tight show. There are five matches on this. Because War Games is going to take a little bit of time, and we got two of them. So to run down the card really quick, we have Gunther versus The Miz for the Intercontinental title, which had a hell of a little bit of a build last night on Raw, where they are, I like what they're doing here, because they're, they're making The Miz into like the, the underdog, sympathetic, almost baby face against the monster that's Gunther, and playing up that, you know. Re, reawakening The Miz of old times. Oh, silly Sellers, wish he could be here to celebrate. <laughs> Sellers would have some things to say about this for sure if he was here. That is for sure. We have the women's title for Raw, Rhea Ripley against Zoe Stark, and then the LWO exploding with Santos Escobar and Carlito in the other singles match on the show. But of course it's survivor series war games. So it's all about war games. So first we have the women, which is going to be a four on four Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi and Becky Lynch taking on damage control of Bailey, Oscar, EO sky and the returning Kyrie Sane. And then on the other side, of the equation, we have the men, which will be five on five with Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Jay Uso, Sami Zayn, and now officially after last night, the returning Randy Orton rounding out their team against the Judgment Day. So Damian Priest, Finn Ballard, Dominic Mysterio, JD McDonough, and they also have Drew McIntyre with them rounding out their side because he wants to get his hands on Jay Uso. And it's all about him and Jay Uso right now. So a very tight card here going down in Chicago, which of course leaves in Chicago. Who knows what else might happen there? But clearly they wanted to make it clear that if something else is going to happen, it will not involve the main event. Randy Orton is confirmed after yeah. last night for the main event, which I think was a smart move. Get that mm -hmm. out of the way so people aren't thinking like, oh, 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 that you know who's going to show up in the main event. I mean, that's off the table. So I, I like that they did that. I like that they did that. So yeah, I don't know. Th thought thoughts on Survivor Series this weekend. Thoughts on War Games. A, a couple of things for me too. Randy Orton, smart choice. Want to get back on the roster as soon as possible. We don't really know the tension between Seth Rollins and CM Punk. So them being on the same team probably isn't best for business. Um, so cool if that's the thing. Uh, but I also, I, I, my, my, I guess my real big question is, has the women's always been four on four or did it just couldn't? It, it's always been five on five in WWE. Now, back right. in the day in WCW, they would do four on four or five on five, just depending on what story they were telling. So there's right. been so four on four war games before, but everyone in WWE up to this point has been five on five. I, I'm just confused. Why? I mean, I get, I know Dakota Kai is hurt. So it's to me, it's like, it might be as simple as that, that because of her injury, they just didn't want to have to shoehorn someone else into each side to make it fit. 
And they made it yeah. work on the men's side. So I'm like, I know they can do it on the women's side. I mean, Dakota yeah. Kai calling her best friend. I mean, you you have uh, Tegan Knotts right there, whether she's a heel or face. I think you can work. Bailey can easily solicit the service anybody just because of just how good she is. And then you get to throw somebody else on the other side, which I thought, I mean, I'm still lobbying out for Jade for the Royal Rumble, but I'm like, that would have been more interesting as well, too, to have the other side have them have a mystery person and speculate who it could be. I guess and you throw unless in they add something on SmackDown at the last minute, but they were, this past week they made it sound pretty definite that these are the teams. Yeah. Which seem to be the story of the week. So, because know. because I I, th- I think like you want to keep damage control strong, but like on the other end, you got nothing but champions. That's a stat squad on any given day. But you throw in somebody like Jade, game changer, Bianca and Jay working together, which may not be a thing for a long time, but you get it here. And then you get Charlotte and Jade on the same team, which easily is the few you want to run down the line at some point. So you have them have tension the entire match. And it's a match that fairly should keep Jade pretty safe because you don't work a whole, uh, you don't work a whole uh, Survivor Series uh, War Games match. So you don't have her do too much. You don't have to work the cameras properly there because well it's two rings it's just a lot of i think it's a lot of quick experience and easily something um that the fans in chicago would just eat up but that's just my thoughts but uh, yeah nonetheless four on four i definitely was like wait there's got to be somebody else right isn't it usually five on five so we'll see if they do do something on the last match uh the last smackdown uh go home show yeah i thought four on four was a mistake and they were going to wait to add somebody but if that is what it is then um, you know, that can work. It's not like it's anything less than that doesn't make sense. You know, I just do a tag match, but um, but you know, it, it but that's that's fine. I like the fact that it's you know only five matches, and but I guess the, the big question is do we think that war games should only exist on the main roster or NXT? Is it possible to do the match on both shows in the same year? Or is that too? Or is that overkill? Because Over- honestly, it's not like NXT shouldn't have the match. Yeah, yeah, it's it's overkill because Survivor Series was the one of the big five that struggled the most. The one that we just like it needed actually- this kick in the butt last year of adding War Games as something special to it. I would say this: I think you could do it on both, but if you're going to do it on both, it needs to be only one War Games on Survivor Series and one War Games on NXT and not mm. we're doing it for the women and the men both. It's got to, you got to do it down to like, we're doing two, no more than two a year. So yeah. I don't know. That's my thought. Any more than that, just because do it two in one night, I think is a bit much as it is, you yeah. know, right. but, but, but I also think that if you're going to do it in NXT, it should be like earlier in the year. It's survivor series. Well, games is the it's thing. gotta be like far away. I don't have a problem with, you know, uh, March being the war games event. You know, for yeah. NXT. But yeah. as far as the match goes, um, never been into Orton, so it'll be interesting to see how how he looks when he comes back. Um, you know, I'm waiting for Cody to, Cody to finish the story, basically. But um, you know, be waiting for that for a while. Uh, Gunther versus The Miz is interesting. Uh, Rhea Ripley versus Joey Stark is fine. You know, Carlito versus Santos. We actually, I'm not going to say it's going to steal the show, but it's actually the match that I'm looking forward to uh, most. But you know, I, I think it should be as like a solid pay per view for a Survivor Series. That's actually pretty good because Survivor Series is, for per what you just said, you know, it has been lacking uh, past few years. Yeah. 
Alright, any other thoughts on survivors? <laughs> it's ready, it's ready. Well, it's okay, wait, let's address the elephant in the room. Folks in Chicago, they gonna I'm sure there's gonna be chance. And I guess the the carrot they've been dangling is Shinsuke Nakamura has been waiting for a challenge. And they've been hyping this for weeks. He's been taking people on on Raw, and they made sure he cut the promo again this week that he has been waiting for a challenge. Are they gonna have Something with Nakamura and our friend from Chicago be the one to answer it on on Saturday. You think I would like to see? You think he's coming? You think I would like to see Nakamura versus Cole Cabana? But I'm not entirely sure (laughs) that that's the match that the crowd needs. (laughs) Oh no, that sounds like something would have been on ROH TV back in the day. It's one of the more nights. Yeah. Oh, oh, I missed the mash. The 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 RH after mash. What a what a time to be alive. <laughs> True seven in the morning. I feel like I feel like I should have like a legacy uh 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 ring of honor. Uh what's it called? Because I don't even as, know what it's called at this look, point. Look, as far as I'm concerned, Jay Lethal owes me a knee brace. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two James, is he gonna be there? You think he's showing up in Chicago? It will say a lot about the company. It will. I, I, New ownership I, now, so I, it's a whole different ball game. We got to remember. And honestly, it, to me, it's just like, do you take the risk? But if they take the risk, it's like, damn, they took the risk. So <laughs> I, 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 I would just be blown away. I think it. No. I, I think, and I guess the real question: if he does show up, to what impact does it feel? Does it feel like like Cody when he came back to WWE, or like let's just go back to? When the Hardys returned or when Jade signed, like to what level would you say this signing would be if they get it done? And in Chicago, the perfect storm. In Chicago, I'd say it would be like Cody showing up at WrestleMania. And it'd be <laughs> similar in the respect that everyone, it was anyone, knew Cody was coming. So it, yeah. everyone's, I mean, the folks in Chicago are going to be chomping at the bit for it. So <laughs> I'll, I'll say this in general. If, if let's say the CM Punk comes out, the crowd has a reaction they're, because they're going to have a reaction. If he comes out and he's given a live microphone and he buries AEW for 15 minutes, that's that that's where the internet's going to melt down. Yeah. Because I don't think that people are clamoring for him to wrestle. I don't think people are clamoring for him to just take over WWE. We saw what that looked like in AEW. And you know, no matter what side you're on in there in his, in his saga. Um, it was a clusterfuck. So, it, it granted, that's a Greg's gross oversimplification. I don't think WWE needs CM Punk. They've tried him in different avenues as a commentator for the the Fox show. Um, they don't need him to wrestle anymore, you know, because they have a, a ton of legends that they can call up for no reason. I think we'll see Lex Luger in the ring before we see CM Punk uh, in <laughs> WWE. <laughs> And I mean, like, the the biggest thing about all of this is contracts are being written much more strategical now. (laughs) So you're not getting the Vince McMahon option A or or option B. You're definitely going to have some language written in there talk about your incentives if you are able to do this and if not. And I mean, again, you got lawyers at the TKO level that's going to be looking at this. You, you know, obviously cross-referencing with contracts in the UFC. That's just that thing, too. If you're Endeavor, why waste the money that you don't have? I yeah. mean, because... It's, he, not, it's not like they've been catching fire since the merger. <laughs> right. 
Like, I mean, I, I just, I mean, like, okay, from a wrestling fan perspective, for those that care about the, um, about the crowd going off and the big pop and the whatever, whatever. If you care about that, then sure, whatever. But even if he does, where does he fit in? Does he fit into a War Games uh, scenario where they're intercept, insert into the match? Does he fit in with uh, Carlito versus Santos? Does he fit in with this Nakamura is the only thing that they got going on? It feels like do they right? So they add. So do we need a twenty minute CM Punk match out of nowhere? I mean, like, like realistically, realistically, and I don't know what Raw is on Monday either. Um, you know, because if it's if it's in the area, if it's in Chicago as well, then maybe. But I don't. I just don't see where he fits in now. Maybe he's not an active performer for long. I think he has value backstage. I th- I, th- I definitely think, uh, regardless of what happened at AEW, and, and, and him and AEW isn't just to him fault. That's the biggest thing that we need to realize, that he definitely did some things that were, I, I say, to 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 against the culture that you want in your locker room. But Jungle Boy is also suspended, too, because of his actions. And I think at a certain point, you keep poking people you're going to get clapbacks, and the Bucks, there's like, enough fault to go around with everyone with the way that entire tenure was well, handled. So we had up to a clusterfuck. Which, yeah. So for you, for anybody that's to forget, I, I don't know who podcast I was listening to, but somebody was saying that fans are still uh, uncertain about their stance on the Young Bucks, which is BS. They like them. There's there's never a question of if they do or do not like them. CM Punk caught the bad end of this entire ordeal more than anybody the bucks are good omega's good i I don't know uh what's his name still whatever his name is he got nothing out of it it was all put on pump because it was just easy to put it on him because you can easily say oh that guy has a culture or a history of of this this and that so that easily makes it his fault it's not true so I, th- I think if you WWE, you take a look at it and, and, and you evaluate across the board, you write the contract in a way that protects them, but you give him a go because he clearly brings in numbers. He will easily push merch. <laughs> that, 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 you know they love that. And at the end of the day, I also think another benefit to having Punk is Punk also has a celebrity. Let's not forget that my man was on television. He was on uh, Heels. He had him. He had like a couple of movies. So, considering that WWE also has that branch of their uh, uh, of of the business where the entertainment side of it, there's value of that too. So, and then, do you draw his wife back by get, bringing him back in, <laughs> who is easily somebody you want in your locker room, easily, 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 mm. and the merch she can move is just on another level. So. I think there's great benefit because he, at the end of the day, is a WWE guy. And I think as long as they write the contract right, give him a few matches, then put him backstage to do something beneficial, I think he'd be good. I don't think he wants to wrestle forever and ever. No. I can see him being a match producer. And honestly, looking at it this way, the number one, if, if he shows up on Saturday, I don't think anyone's really interested in seeing him wrestle. They want to see him with a live mic. Everyone wants to hear what he has to say. That's what folks are curious about. Him and Nakamura is a dream match, though. Him and Nakamura is a dream match. And I mean, why he couldn't get his uh, Tanahashi match, well, (laughs) this has to be up there. Well, you know what? Probably what they would do, knowing them, shows up on Saturday, wrestles Nakamura. Then at the end, it's basically be like, I got something to say tomorrow night. 
then you leave it open and you do it on Raw. You know, to draw the rating on Raw. They give him the the Cody World Tour. Cody has something to say every week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. I mean, I I wasn't interested in seeing him wrestle in AEW. I ain't really interested in seeing him wrestle in WWE either. But I will say this. If he comes out, I want to hear that damn in living color. I want to bring back the fire burns. I want to hear fire burns brought back for the return. Bring back that theme. That's, that's a little curveball in there, but yeah. I don't know. All right. We'll see. We will see what happens on Saturday. All right. So last week we talked about this, the continental classic, the big round Robin tournament that AEW uh, is putting together. And one of the big things we talked about involving it was how we just didn't have a lot of info at the time. All we knew was Daniel Bryan's going to be in it. It's wrapping up at the end of the year at the World's End pay-per-view, and it's going to start this Wednesday. Well, here we are after full gear. We got, I think, two more entrants in it. Andrade and I, somebody else, I think. Uh, Ed Kingston. That's right. Those are, that's right, because that plays into this too now. So we know three of the dozen people in it. There's going to be nine more. It's starting tomorrow night. <laughs> And now, apparently, the only other thing that's really been added to it is that because Eddie Kingston's in it, apparently this will be unifying the Ring of Honor title, the New Japan Strong title that Eddie Kingston has, and apparently creating the Continental Classic title from this tournament. It's going to create a triple crown in this thing. What is going on here? I I am so baffled by this tournament, and we're like 24 hours away now from it happening. I I really don't know. Um, and that's also a thing, too. Um, we don't know the other participants. Um, I think that there's 12 total, and we only know four so far. Uh, we know what the rules and format's going to be in, in, in two blocks of uh, six wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, points and all that good stuff. Cool, 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 cool. Why wouldn't you have the? Um, why wouldn't you have the uh, participants unveiling on the pre-show of the pay-per-view? Yeah, they're, which they're literally another sure reason why the tomorrow. pay-per-view should have been collision. I mean, the pre-show should have been collision because this is a, an important thing that you want the most people to see, yeah. the participants of this uh, tournament. And then you can have this election Sunday uh, groupings, uh, you know, on Dynamite, the Dynamite Before, or whatever the word, whatever it is. So it doesn't really make sense, and it's going to lead to a lot of confusion for people that don't die hard keep up with AEW. Um, as far as the other, you know, eight people that are going to be in it, it's not just the who, it's the where do they match up? You know, what's the brackets look like? You know, what's yeah. the... Uh, Who's the, in what the, block? The blocks, yeah, what the blocks look like. Um, and this is going to go on for the next, what, six weeks? Yeah, all December. Yeah. All the way to the end of the year um, in Long Island. Terrible. And, and, and to create a new belt. Now, mm. you have Ring of Honor. You have uh, New that? Japan. And both of them are teaming up, like Voltron, to create an AEW belt. <laughs> well listen AEW triple crown i don't and like this is exactly why i just stay off of all of the social media stuff and i just peep in at times i don't know why people are so surprised about the handling of new japan uh, of, of of ring of honor i said it a long time ago i'll say it again that new japan was literally like anybody who's out there who's ever built a car you got your car and sometimes you need parts from the junkyard 
and you see a whole body, no motor, no trans, but it's a whole bunch of other parts on there that you need. So you're like, nah, I'm, I'm gonna get that whole, let me get that whole shell, and you just pick off the parts, pick off the parts, pick <laughs> off the parts, and then now your 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 car that you hooked up, all good, all ready to go, but that shell is good as done. It's literally what Ring of Honor has been was that we're gonna buy this, take what we want from it. Use the notoriety of it, and other than that, it is as good as gone. I want to hear this trying to pitch it to the network. It has no value at this point. It would have been it would have been a done deal then. And at this point now, even with folks like Athena who's going crazy on there, who's obviously should be talked about as one of the best wrestlers of this year, and it's still treated as a third world promotion. This is another example of just if you really want to build a legitimacy of it, merchant the belts. Is not the way to go here. I don't see the benefit for Ring of Honor here at all. And New Japan is willing to be in bed with anybody to get attention. So this is right on par for them. Yeah. Uh, and, and and it would be different if it weren't their Ring of Honor championship. It's the belt. Not the it's TV It's the title. belt. Yeah. Like, not the third championship. The main title. It's, it's the Ring of Honor belt. Where's Jonathan Gresham at? I, I was like, I just, I just need ten minutes with this guy. Like, I got questions. Like, <laughs> I just, I just got questions. I, well, and never I, even mind that. Like, this all got announced like by Tony at like the the the, po- the media scrum. Just like, oh, by the way, this is what we're doing. By the way, <laughs> so, so they're taking the biggest belt in Ring of Honor, fusing it. <laughs> With duct tape and chewing gum, <laughs> and 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 making that into a different belt, yeah. So, not the Ring of Honor Television Champion. Not the, it's the big belt, yeah. the big silver belt. Mm-hmm. Where will Can't, it be defended? Where's because that got questions. Probably all over. I'm guessing because the New Japan part was going to be like that. This is. It's a triple crown between ROH, AEW, and New Japan, so it can be defended took, on any of the shows. But they do that anyway, so... They took the, the top belt. They didn't, they didn't even take the top belt in, in New Japan strong. <laughs> the, 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 the New Japan New Japan strong COVID era title is what they're doing. <laughs> it's like... Uh, uh... All I know one thing they they better uh I, yeah I've got no comments. And this is the thing. Okay, so so Kingston is defending both the strong open weight and the RA championship. Mm-hmm. Now that could be interesting because of the fact that Kingston could still defend those other two belts independently and lose one of them, which doesn't make sense as a stipulation because why would he make that stipulation if he's not going to keep it uh for the duration? But you know, since we're wrapping up on time, I'll make it quick. The long and short of it is, is that this is what you get for making Eddie Kings to the champion. This is what your dumbasses get for making Eddie Kings to the double champion. Yeah, I said it. Also, <laughs> more importantly, more importantly than all of that, why is New Japan so desperate to lose a belt? AEW makes belts all the time. It doesn't matter to them. They're a belt making company. They just happens to wrestle. And then you take the biggest belt in Ring of Honor. And then you give it to Kingston, who's going to defend it. What if he loses? He's either going to win the championship and have his belt taken, have both his belts taken, and given one one belt, or 
he's going to lose both belts and then not have the other belts mean anything. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This selection special tomorrow needs to explain so damn much of what the hell this is going on with this. Like, is is the is his belt on the line in every match he's in? Yes. Yes. So he, he so said. he so if he loses That's his he second matchup, then that person becomes the champion right there, and then they can both, lose it to somebody else. Yes. So so all throughout the tournament, that the it could be passed around four or five times. All right. Uh, no, well, well, no. I mean, my understanding is he said that he would defend he would defend the belt in every match that he has. So assuming that he loses the match, and of course uh-huh. it's not single eliminate a single elimination. It's round robin. That's it's round robin, which means that he's going to wrestle regardless over the next six weeks. Yeah. Everyone's got five matches. But just because, block. right, but just because he loses the belt once doesn't mean that the new champion has to uphold that stipulation. That's something that yeah. Eddie Kiss, the dumbass said. <laughs> and, and folks, Tony's already thrown a little temper tantrum and made a big deal about how there will be no outside interference in this. This is going to be pure sporting competition. So that means winners and losers. So, right. so either Eddie Kingston's winning the Continental Classic and getting a new belt. Going on a streak the whole way through. He's, he's going to win for six straight weeks. This is global warming is real. Just so you understand, <laughs> this is what climate change looks like. This is the world we live in now, where Eddie Kingston is a double champion who's about to go on a six week reign of terror to get an inaugural belt. That's how we're going to oh, start man. 2024. I feel like sick hearing this right now. It's it not going to get like the Here's lack the of logic I'm right now is making tomorrow. me sick. A, the last thing I'm waiting to see tomorrow when they announce these people, who are going to be the scrubs they're going to put in to eat losses? Because it begins round robin, and they said no interference. It can't be a dozen damn stars. They got to be Serpentico. Colt Cabana, you mentioned earlier. It's going to be some new Japan strong folks playing tribute. For for or for like positions who's going one in and five in this? Who's going to have Which that one and five Which is another reason run? why it doesn't make sense that the Osprey is the big guy you said. Well, you could just put his ass in the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, oh, yeah. All right. Are there <laughs> so any? Listen. Are there any matches for Dynamite announced? They've announced some other stuff. Nothing. Okay. There's well, going to be stuff well, for this tournament, but the, I think until the selection special happens tomorrow at one p.m., wait to that last minute to to get this thing. One o'clock. There. Yes. <laughs> Okay. On YouTube again. <laughs> so 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 listen. Here's put an exclamation point on this. As we record this show, uh, this Tuesday, uh, November twenty first, we hope that everybody has an amazing holiday week. Uh, do your Black Friday shopping safely online. Is suggested. Like why? Yeah, do it now. You know, they, sales they, already they, started. <laughs> yes, they they've set up all the safety protocols so no one gets trampled. Um, by by trying to get them a a Toshiba forty two inch for fifty dollars that's gonna break in fifty days. Um, so have fun, be with your family, all that good stuff, and we'll obviously be back next week. Big thing I want to quickly say is next week we're finally getting our collective chance to check out the Iron Claw. So with that, uh, we'll have that review probably next week too. I'm not sure when the embargo is, but we are going to see the the DC premiere of that. Um, collectively as a group, so well, stay well, tuned. At least for our be able to give general that. thoughts next week. Yeah, definitely that for sure. Deep. I'm not sure yeah. when the embargo is, but we'll obviously the review will be on the way too, um, and uh, and some other coverage for it. So um, the strike has been resolved. So 
the interviews are back on the way. So definitely expect to see a bunch of other stuff as well. But yeah, the uh, the Iron Claw A23 uh, with Zach Efron and some other folks, uh, the Von Eric story. We cannot wait to check that out. So we will have that for you all next week. So look for a review. Look for some reactions. We'll talk about it on the podcast. And yeah, and I think that's it for announcements. <laughs> that sounds so, about yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. So so without further ado, will take us home, sir. <laughs> there you go. All right, folks. Happy Thanksgiving. If you're in that part of the world that has Thanksgiving, otherwise it's normal Thursday for y'all. But we will be back next Thursday night, 8 p.m. in our normal time slot, talking the weekend wrestling. In the meantime, on social media, it's at Big Gold Belt on all your various platforms. And, of course, BigGoldBelt.com, wrestling, movies, comics, and more for all your entertainment and wrestling news while you're enjoying this holiday season. Folks, thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you next Thursday night. But I really need-